1: Welcome to another edition of Simply Financial. I'm Walter Storholt alongside Kevin Ray, your financial coach at Insight Folios, serving you all throughout the Tri-City area, based in Pinconning. Find us online at InsightFolios.com. Uh, we've got a great show on the way today, and um, Kevin, I'm looking forward to talking to you about busting some myths on today's show. Oh,
0: Mythbuster today, huh?
1: Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I don't think we have to worry about any copyright things. That show's old enough now, right? Like, uh, yeah, I did, think. Did you so. ever like that one, Mythbusters?
0: So I I used to watch. yeah and uh, i haven't watched it in a while but yeah there was some interesting stuff that went on there all the time
1: well those two guys were just very entertaining and they had a couple of good sidekicks that they'd bring in and it was so cool because they literally just tackled all of those questions that you always had right like and then even ones you hadn't thought of that were just like oh that's really cool yeah what would happen or that no certainly i think my favorite one that i ever saw them do was if it's raining does it make more sense to walk through the rain or run through the rain to get to your destination? <laughs> what will leave you drier when you get to the end? And, um, and so I thought that one was really interesting. And then they did another one where, like, the myth of uh, lowering your tailgate on a truck. You know, oh, they, yeah. does it make sense to drive with the tailgate up or the tailgate down? Like, they did those. The, uh, like, something so simple. And they turn into a whole hour episode, you know. But it was just great the way that they would do the experiments and their personalities were good.
0: I liked when they blew, blew stuff up. So
1: Well, that was also fun, too. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So, so
0: what, was the, what was the
1: myth of the tailgate up or down? Do you remember? I'm afraid, I'm afraid to say which one it was now.
0: <laughs> okay.
1: I'm afraid. I don't know. I'll have to go look it up or, or find the old episode, I guess.
0: Or running or walking through the rain. I think,
1: I think it was walk through the rain actually leaves you drier because it, most of it hits your head and falls off. Whereas if you run, you're now having all of this rain that would otherwise be hitting the ground coming and hitting you in the stomach and in the chest and your legs at a higher rate because you moving through the air is now like running through a sheet of rain. I think they weighed their clothes after each experiment and running their clothes weighed heavier every time. I think that was the result of that one.
0: Well, that makes sense.
1: Yeah, which I thought was kind of kind of interesting. So next time you're in the rain. Just walk through it to get to where you're trying to go, and you'll theoretically be less wet. Maybe I'll try
0: it. We'll I'll see. try it.
1: Doesn't yeah. seem. It still doesn't seem right, but doesn't seem maybe.
0: because you got less time in the ring. But because there's you know. time, yeah,
1: maybe yeah. you'll have a really wet head, but the rest of your body will be drier. Perhaps that's the trade-off, probably.
0: <laughs> Well, you know, I don't have as much hair as I used to, so maybe running's better. There you go. There you go.
1: <laughs> in any event, we're not going to blow anything up on today's show as we bust these myths, but hopefully we can make it a little bit entertaining and uh, capture a little bit of that spirit of that good old show, Mythbusters. And really, you know, we're operating in a good place here, Kevin, because there's almost an endless list of retirement planning n- myths out there that do need to be busted or confirmed. And uh, I can go ahead and kind of spoil it for everybody. All the ones we're going to cover on today's show are myths that are getting busted. Um, but nonetheless, they are widely held beliefs in the financial world. So let's walk through a couple uh, to highlight on today's show, Kevin, see if we can h- help some folks out by busting these myths. Um, the first one, the more a financial plan weighs, the more valuable it is.
0: You know, what you're saying is more
1: is better, right? Yeah. yeah. So if I let go me in ask- and I get a financial plan, I want that thing to be thick and you know multi-pages and slick you know glossy pages with lamination maybe thrown in the mix all that good stuff right
0: well you think that makes sense but if you look at it from an outside perspective how much weight have you lost walter <laughs>
1: about mm-hmm. 110 pounds at this point.
0: 110 pounds so more's not better there is it
1: uh, uh, more lost is better but yeah more, right yeah, more yeah, on yeah, the yeah. scale not better that's true
0: so the way I think of that is, you know, it's like saying bigger taxes, bigger headaches, bigger heartaches, bigger costs, bigger lives, maybe bigger tr- troubles are better, but it's not. When we're looking at those big pound-heavy boilerplate uh, financial plans, they're pretty, if you if you cut them out, there's a lot of fluff inside there. Have you ever looked at them, Walter?
1: Uh, yeah, definitely uh yeah. th- there's it's just a bunch of boilerplate filler whatever those kinds of words are i would say
0: yeah and they're full of hypotheticals they're full of you know they're glossy they're thick they're made to look good for why? why do you think
1: uh, well, i guess it's just like impressive right like people sometimes are impressed by appearances
0: yeah but when we compare that to a doctor's report if you know connie's a nurse have you ever read some of those doctor's reports <laughs>
1: You know, some know, of that stuff in there, can, you don't. I don't know if I can admit to that. Is that a violation you know, of HIPAA Are you showing
0: me these things? <laughs> well, I mean, even on your own reports, right? So Yes, that's true. Yeah, that's yeah.
1: true. We'll use my own example here so we don't break yeah. any rules.
0: There you go. <laughs> but more is trying to get
1: me in trouble, folks, uh, on Easter weekend of all things. Come on.
0: Man. I'm doing my best here. <laughs> but if we think about it, you know, just because it has more pages doesn't necessarily mean it's a better plan. Because I think when people sit down and they look at that, they get overwhelmed. I think their, mm-hmm. first, you know, their first reaction, oh my goodness, I'll never understand this. And when you go into it feeling that way, you're probably going to come out of it feeling that way. So we want to, you know, in our tree plan, Walter, you've seen that. It's three or four pages long, depending on what we're doing here. And it is not boilerplate. It is specifically tied to your situation and your retirement number. That's what we're looking for. So the financial plan, the weight does not necessarily correspond with the worth. It's how do you understand it? How's it filling your needs? And can you understand it? Can you follow it? Can you Do you have a plan every year that you can track and look and see if you're on track? And from, from the standpoint of opening it up, are you like confused right away? Or do you like, oh, I get that. I think that's more important. So your financial plan, the more it weighs, in my opinion, is not necessarily a good thing like I say our simplicity plan three to four pages long it goes in there It shows you how it's going to produce income it shows you you know what's what you're going to leave for a legacy it shows all these things that people are looking for but in a very broke down way that in a simplified way that you can understand going into retirement and to get you through retirement and more often what's left over we want to leave the best way we can to your ears so i think that is a big old myth how about you walter
1: great point yep um i'll check that box right alongside you Uh, By the way, if you have any questions as we go through the show today, uh, it is called Simply Financial, and that's what we try to do is make finances, retirement planning, uh, the stock market, and just all these other elements related to your money. Try to make things as simple as possible here on the show. Break them down in easy-to-understand ways, similar to how Kevin does in the office each and every day. And if you do want to get a customized review of your plan, you know, we could talk about generalities here on the show, but if you want to get into some specifics about your plan, best to pick up the phone give Kevin a call. 888-885-PLAN is the number. That's 888-885-7526 or online at insightfolios.com, insightfolios.com. Another myth that needs some busting here, Kevin, is that, you know what, my life is simple, so a will is all that I need to have my affairs in order. Is that really the case that often?
0: No, that's not the case. So let let me give you an example, Walter. We're going to use Connie in this example, okay? And so, Walter, if you have an IRA, which I know you do, and you make the beneficiary of that IRA your will, which we're talking about here, correct? Correct. So does Connie get that? So let's say you had you know $1,000 in that, and then, unfortunately, you're gone. You made the will the IRA. Who Who is the beneficiary of that IRA? Uh,
1: well, I guess not Connie, right? Because it's, right. It's, it just gets wrapped into the will?
0: That's right. And here's another thing that most people, the misconception is – Anything you leave through a will goes through
1: probate. So even if my will says, just leave everything to Connie,
0: it's gonna end up in probate. Okay. So here in the state of Michigan, that means it's gonna go through the probate process, which means a minimum of four months. So do we wanna do that? Do we wanna leave everything in the will? Now, mm-hmm. the attorney that I work with a lot generally won't even give anybody a will unless they you know they have you know, things in the family, guns or whatever it happens to be, they wanna make sure it gets down to certain people. How do we avoid doing that? Well, we add beneficiaries on accounts. Beneficiaries, you have a beneficiary, you put it in your savings account, for example, goes to that beneficiary. Put it on your IRA, the example we're talking about, instead of making the well, it goes to the beneficiary. So this, the simple way is not the well. That's a big misconception out there. That's a big, a big myth that we're busting right here, right now. Now what happens is, you know, anything that you put in there and it goes through your wills is going to end up in probate. So do we know the name Howard Hughes, um, Walter?
1: Howard Hughes. That sounds yeah. so familiar. But hmm.
0: yeah, yeah, the big, you know, the movie, The Aviator. You remember that? Oh, yeah. OK. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Howard. It took like 30 years. And I'm going off the top of my head for him to, you know, get when he passed. It took years and years and years, 20, 30 years to get through the will process. Why? Because anybody can contest it. And which they did. They said, no, He you know, I picked him up hitchhiking or he picked me up hitchhiking one day and he was going to leave me X amount of dollars. Those things, you know, I'm not an attorney, so remember that, but those things, there's better ways to plan for that. What about your funeral? What about bills you have to pay? What about, you know, your passwords? You know, are you going to do something in particular? Are you going to give more to one person than the other? You know, those all can be done in a much better way than leaving it through your will. And the one thing that I see time in and time out again, Walter, is one legal document that most people don't have. What do you think that is?
1: Uh, one legal document. I don't know. What would it be? Power of attorney. Oh, power of attorney. Okay. So, you know, the life is you know, even light- more important than the will? Is that your, your thought on Yeah. Okay. Because
0: what if you're incapacitated and you want things to go to certain people or you want things done a certain way, that power of attorney is going to mm-hmm. enable that person to do that for you. So- your life is simple, I get it. You want to keep it simple, I get it. But a will is, you know, is, there's better ways to do it than that. Well, And we, we go over this when people come in our office. And one of the first questions I ask you, do you have beneficiaries on your IRAs? And how many times do you think, Walter, I'll hear, yes. And then and I say, all right, when you come back, let's look at them. And, and it turns out to be maybe they had a previous spouse. Maybe they made right. the
1: estate the, the wrong result, person or the wrong
0: person, the mm-hmm. wrong, you know, the, or, the, or the estate. And it's going to go through probate. Don't do that. Don't make that mistake.
1: So the things we're talking about here aren't necessarily all that complicated or difficult to make sure that they are in order, but don't just assume that the will is going to be all you need. That's the myth. Is there's, that, there's a other the other layers myth, here.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. The myth is, you know, and that's a big myth out there is that the will takes care of everything. And it, and it can, don't get me wrong. It's just that there's better ways to avoid all of that mess like Howard Hughes. Or And the other thing, too, is we talked about this before. When Elvis Presley died... He had 10 million dollars left how do i know this because he left everything through a will and then it got and then it ended up probating when frank sinatzer died how much do you think he left well we don't know because he left it in a trust hmm. so there's you know there's just one fine point right there
1: very cool uh, again if you got questions about this or maybe you're in this category of folks who thought uh, will's all i need and now you realize maybe my affairs aren't in order what, what happens if i do pass away tomorrow will the money go to the right people If you don't know the answers to those questions, that's exactly one of the reasons why it's so important to get a review of your finances and of your retirement plan. Kevin looks at all these different angles in addition to the basic you know, money side of things and the, the, the growth and the safety and liquidity and all those other elements of your plan, but also is looking at these auxiliary items, these outside elements like estate planning and uh, some of these other things that we need to be thinking about. 888-885-PLAN is your number to call if you've got any questions at all. If you get the voicemail, leave a note. Kevin and the team will be back in touch with you. 888-885-PLAN is that number to call. Another myth to bust here, Kevin. My spouse will be fine when I'm gone. He or she will only need half as much income anyway.
0: <laughs> well, we know that's a big myth. But who usually says that—the the husband or the wife, Walter?
1: Uh, well, if we're if we're gonna if we're gonna bury it down those lines, I'd say at least the uh, percentages probably say the husband's a little bit the more. The husband. Likely. Everything's gonna be okay. Yep.
0: Yep. Yep. So, if your spouse passed away, the people who are listening out there, what does that change? Does your mortgage change? Do you still no. have the same mortgage? No, same. How market. about How about your consumers bill or in your neck of the woods? Your Duke bill?
1: Uh, definitely S- the stubs. same. Yeah, that didn't really go. I mean, then, mine might be a little bit better because Connie likes things so hot. So you know, although I don't know, I might be able to then keep it a lot cooler in the summer. It probably even ought to be about the same,
0: <laughs> right? Your insurances didn't go anywhere. Your repairs now there's an extra thing, right? If you're if you're uh, the wife in this particular situation, and the husband takes care of all the repairs, that's going to be an added expense. Maintenance, all those other things, go away. So, yeah, it doesn't. You know, some people think once a spouse is out of the picture, the remaining spouse is going to need half as much. That's that's not the case. I've seen it where you know it's eighty to ninety percent. Of the same income were needed because maybe you have two houses, maybe you have two upkeeps on something, maybe you're taking care of children, which is happening more and more and more. You, your children need financial help going through there. All these things that people are not thinking about um, will come into play. And if that's you and you think that you know you're going to have more than a eighty to ninety percent, uh, you know, of, of your income coming in, you're going to need to keep it that way. That's where what comes into play, Walter. If you pass away suddenly. What, what, what's the big insurance product that we use? Uh,
1: life insurance.
0: Life insurance, right? Yeah. So it, then remember, if we have a spouse pass away, the income stream disappears. You know, Social Security's, pensions, annuities are all going to change going down the road. So you have there's a lot of things to consider, and that's a big old myth there, too. I'm sounding like my brother now. He says big old that'll be a big old negative. Big old writer. myth, big old <laughs> negative. I like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: Fantastic. Uh, That's a good one to walk through. Thank you, Kevin. That one makes a lot of sense. So let's remember that it's not an automatic cut of your expenses uh, just because maybe a spouse passes away. we got to make sure that that's not a myth we're building our plan off of. Uh, Last but not least, let's squeeze in one more here, Kevin. Uh, A myth of when I retire, I need to dramatically shift my uh, assets from stocks to bonds inside the portfolio.
0: Boy, can you open up any page, Walter, and then you see that 10 times a day, don't you?
1: I mean, it's all all over the... That's what it's been for a long
0: time. Quick question for you, Walter, not a math question this time. Okay. Who's the most famous investor that you know? Uh, Warren Buffett. Do you think Warren subscribes to
1: that? Probably not, because I never hear him talk about bonds, and the guy's like 100 years old at this point, right?
0: Right, and you know he's over in his 90s. So if you look at his portfolio, he doesn't, he doesn't subscribe to this because he said you want to buy a good company, you want to hold a long time, you want to reinvest those dividends and you should be better off according to, in fact, he tells you, you know, you should be in stocks for most of the time. So this is not the case for everybody. Now, if your income needs are met and you want to take some risk off the table, all kinds of scenarios that, you know, we could put into place here, but maybe you need to increase your stock holdings. And we never hear about that, do we? If most of your income is being generated by pensions, you know, have any inflation uh, built in, how do we keep up with inflation? Stocks is the one thing to do. What are we going through right now? Inflationary period. You can read article after article. I don't care which web page you go on there. And it's telling you, how do we beat inflation? Stocks is the only thing that historically beat inflation. Or you might consider scaling back both on stocks and bonds, considering alternatives. People don't look at this like annuities. You know, we know that interest rates are going up, so annuities are going to go up with the interest rates, CDs, cash value, life insurances, all types of things out there that are different. So the bottom line is, how do you decide? If you need more stocks, less stocks, more bonds, less bonds, or whatever it is, is you sit down and you go through our simplicity process. And at the end, I'm going to give you a retirement number, and that retirement number is going to tell us which direction that your plan needs to go into. So if you're, if you meet, we need to earn three percent on your investments going forward from here to age 95 and you don't run out of money. Well, guess what? You don't need as much stocks, but you can you can you can put more stocks in there. But you don't need so that retirement number. and you come to my office, is how I'm going to come up with recommendations. When you sit down with us, we go through this process. I'm going to say based on your plan, what you want to do. It's totally scripted to you. It's not boilerplate. We factor in your go-to items, your have-to items, you have to pay this. We factor in your bucket list items. We factor in all these things that you want to do in retirement. And I'm going to come back to that one specific number, and that number is going to direct recommendations on how we come up with the planning scenario. So maybe so much in stocks, maybe so much in bonds, maybe so much in CDs, whatever it is. It's based on your number. It's not boilerplate. Every, you know, It's not based on, on a scale of 1 to 10, how do you feel about risk? It's based on what you need to achieve, and it's needs-based going forward to and through retirement to get you there. So don't automatically assume that just because I turn 60, 65, I need to scale back because in some cases you don't. You need more just to keep up with the things you want to do.
1: It's all about getting that financial plan in place that allows you the freedom and peace of mind to operate with confidence in your you know, retirement and your financial future. Pick up the phone. Give Kevin a call at 888-885-PLAN if you want to walk through the kind of process that he just outlined. Look at all these different moving parts of your financial plan and put together a great strategy to get to retirement all the way through it as well. Kevin's been doing this for more than three decades at this point, and you can get in touch with him by calling 888-885-PLAN. That's 888-885-7526. Based in Pinconning, born and raised, in fact, and uh, still operates the main office there at Pinconning. So come on by, have a conversation about your plan, your finances, what you can do going forward to improve that situation, and uh, go ahead and get comfortable with your financial future instead of feeling that discomfort and that unknown of what's to come ahead 888-885-PLAN is the number that's 888-885-7526 more to come on today's show so stick with us you're listening to simply financial with kevin ray let's see
0: what people are saying about simply financial everybody on good great grand wonderful
1: now back to the show Glad you're with us today on Simply Financial. Walter Storbolt here with Kevin Ray, your financial coach at Insight Folios, serving you in the Tri City area. Office right there in Pinconic. Check us out online at insightfolios.com. Look at the listen button, and then you can ask questions, listen to past episodes of the show. You'll also find Simplicity Express, where you can go get a mini quick financial plan uh, to help you out. Um, and just a great way to kind of dip the toe in the planning waters, if you will. If you're not quite ready to talk to somebody, one on one, you can go do that online and get your own mini express financial plan right now. Look for the Simplicity Express button on the site. All right, Kevin, we're going to take things back to basics on this next part of the show. You know, sometimes we dive into the nitty and gritty of financial stuff. Sometimes we got to peel it back, go, go back to the beginning, and just kind of talk about some definitions, some terms, uh, some things in the financial world that, I don't know, maybe our listeners have heard of but don't really understand the definition of those things, or maybe they've never even heard of these things, but they will. Once they get into the retirement planning process, so we're going to try and create some familiarity and a little education on the show today. Uh, ready, to ready to go? Yep. Let's right. give it oral. So, just to, you know, to make things easy for the audience, tell us what we kind of need to know about each of these things, even if we don't fully comprehend or understand its inner workings. All right. So, the first term is something that someone may hear, especially if they're employed and talking about retirement planning, in-service distribution. Who's going to hear that term and who needs to know what it means? And then kind of take us through, like, what do we need to know about that situation? Sure.
0: Well, a lot of people don't know what that is. And there's a reason because it's not talked about a whole lot. But in-service distribution is this. If you're working at a company, whatever company you're at, and it's typically age 55 and above, but sometimes it's earlier, the company will allow you to roll out part of your 401k to any IRA that you want. And there's there's caveats there. So if you do that, you want to transfer what's called trustee to trustee transfer. So in that way, there's no taxes involved. But let's say you work at you know one of the local companies here and you have your 401k and you're just not happy with the investment options that are available in that 401k. And you have your own personal account out there and you're, and you're doing much better in that account or maybe you have an advisor, you have a different account, you're doing that much better and you're just wanting out of that 401k because of the limit, you know, the limits they put on there. Well, you, first of all, you have to call, you know, HR and ask them, do you allow what's called the in-service distribution? In other words, can I take out basically your contributions that you put in, not the company's contributions, and can you roll those over to your own personal IRA? That's the first step. And if you can, then you know the, the, you need to sit down you need to see what's out there what's available does it make sense in your in your particular situation a lot of companies now walter i don't know if you know this or not you know they don't want the liability or they don't want you know the being the fiduciary of that plan those types of things and that that comes along with all that. So the, a lot of a lot of companies that we're seeing are allowing this now more and more. I have probably three pages in my office here of companies that do allow it. So if that's you and you're and you're thinking about it, you can call your HR department and say, "Is this available to me?" Or you can give us a call because we have that sheet and I can look through there and roughly tell you if it is or isn't. But I can tell you the big three almost always do. So that's that's a real good planning technique or that's a real good avenue to take if your 401k just isn't doing what you think it should be doing and it's not you know, owning up to what what you had in, in mind and it's not meeting your goals.
1: Great points. That's helpful info, Kevin. In service distribution, our first financial term of the day. All right. What about Roth conversion? Uh, what about a Roth conversion uh, needs to be kind of, uh, who needs to be tuned into that and what's it all about?
0: Well, if you're like most of us advisors and you think, tax rates are going to go up in the future because all the spending they're going to do this is something that you may want to consider and what what is a Roth conversion it's where you take a standard IRA or maybe you take your 401k or something of that nature and you're going to convert some dollars into what's called the Roth so you're going to convert so let's say you have a hundred thousand dollars in an IRA and you want to convert that all over into a Roth well a couple of things are going to happen if you do that you can do that by the way Walter no age um, limitations, you know, no seventy-two and a half. You don't have to be working to do it. Anybody can do this. And the caveat is this: once you do that conversion, you're going to pay tax on whatever you converted. So in that that uh, situation that I just explained, if you have a hundred thousand dollars and you convert a hundred thousand dollars to the Roth, you owe taxes that year on that hundred thousand dollars. So you have to pay the tax. Another caveat is you have to leave it sit once you convert it for at least five years in order for the IRS to to say it's tax-free for the rest of your life. Now, why would people do that? Well, they're gonna do it because a couple of reasons. They think taxes are going up in the future, and whatever that Roth grows to, let's say that 100,000 that you just rolled over, now grows to 300,000, and it's 15 years later, 20 years later, that 300,000 is now income tax-free, no taxes. So do you wanna pay taxes now, or do you wanna pay taxes later? So it comes down to, are we going to kick the tax can down the road and let that thing grow bigger, your traditional uh, IRA? And when we do that, Walter, who's your partner? If, if we let, if we start at 100 and it grows 300, either you convert it or you don't, who's your partner if you don't?
1: He's an uncle that we don't like very much.
0: That's right, Uncle Sam. So the longer you kick the, that can down the road, the bigger partner Uncle Sam is in there. So it's a good time because um, interest rates are historically low right now to look into it to see if it would benefit you or not.
1: Again, if you want to get in touch with Kevin as we talk about these different terms, if you hear something that you want more clarity on or want to discuss how it impacts your situation specifically, reach out by calling 888-885-PLAN. That's 888-885-7526. All right, Kevin, what about an ETF? What is an ETF and at what point in our investing lives will we encounter that?
0: Is that an extraterrestrial female? Yeah, oh my goodness! <laughs> um,
1: I suppose it could be, but probably not. Probably not on this show. Maybe another not on show. This
0: show. Yeah. Okay. Well, I had to come. But the, what an ETF is is it's an exchange traded fund. So think of it this way: we all have mutual funds, right, Walter? Or most people do.
1: I, th- I think I think more people are probably familiar with mutual funds than mutual fund, an ETF, yeah. right?
0: Yes. So if we look at an ETF, I'm going to quiz you a little bit here, Walter. Okay. Maybe help out. So you look at a mutual fund. If you own a mutual fund, what happens in that mutual fund? What do you own?
1: You own lots of different investments, right? Lots of stocks, basically?
0: Yeah, stocks, bonds, whatever it happens to be. But in a mutual fund, there's a a difference between that and an exchange-traded fund. So you could basically have an exchange-traded fund that mirrors your mutual fund, for example. And why are people becoming more interested in ETFs, Walter? Why do you think?
1: Uh, my guess is going to be maybe they're more efficient or, or lower priced, perhaps.
0: They're, they are lower priced okay. in most cases. Yep. So there, there's, there's one reason that people look at that. The other reason is this. Let's say you have a mutual fund. And at 10 o'clock this morning, Walter, you say, I got to get out of that mutual fund for whatever reason. What what time do you think is actually traded to close that fund out?
1: It's at the end of the day, right? Like it's after it closing. It's not an instantaneous thing.
0: It is. So you have to wait till 4 o'clock. And then whatever the value is at 4 o'clock. Now, remember, you want it out at 10 o'clock, but where the value is at 4 o'clock is going to be so your value. So when you at sell,
1: you really don't know what you're actually selling it for. You don't. Okay.
0: But now an exchange traded fund, the ETF, if you want to sell at 10 o'clock, you can sell at 10 o'clock. So you kind of, you have a real good idea what it's what it's going to be. So the more, you know, they're they're typically cheaper sometimes more tax efficient they're not you know active managers in most cases you know looking after that etf and it's just becoming more and more popular for those
1: reasons so it's kind of like a mix between it's it's like a mutual fund but it behaves almost like an individual stock
0: it does. Okay. Yes, that's a, that's a that's a good. See, it, it took you to tell the tell our audience what it was. <laughs> yes,
1: we uh, I can I can be the bridge sometimes between the knowledgeable Kevin Ray <laughs> and the um you know uh, listening audience that's maybe scratching their head sometimes trying to sort through all this financial stuff because
0: say dude what's he saying what's he saying yeah. so yeah. I,
1: I'm, I can translate sometimes it's uh, it's helpful to be a, a, the middleman in this situation. All right, what about a fiduciary? You actually mentioned that term in answering one of the other questions on the show today.
0: I did. Now, a fiduciary, that term is bantered around a lot. We hear it on all types of commercials um, and other places. So, fiduciary, this is what has to happen. We have to, and I am fiduciary, Walter. A lot of people ask me that. We have to put your best interest first. Now, in other words, if you come into my office and you have an income need, and we talk about this week in and week out, the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to figure out your shortfall. And your shortfall is the additional money you need upon your Social Security and maybe your pensions. So let's say you have $3,000 coming in a month and we need five. So we have a shortfall of $2,000 of income needed. So I'm gonna look at your investments and I'm going to have to put your best interest first and I'm going to have to show you what investments best fit your situation. Now if you're not a fiduciary and let's say you're, you're, you're just an insurance person, you can use an annuity, for example, it may not have to be the best annuity, and most most insurance companies are, or persons are going to do that. But it fits your needs, maybe, maybe not, but is it the best one? So a fiduciary, you should be working with fiduciaries because we have to put your best interest first. We have to show how we came up with those recommendations if we're if we're audited down the road, and it has to make sense. And we have to look at all investments, just not annuities or just not life insurance or whatever it is, to make sure that we're doing the best job for you.
1: Great help again, Kevin. Thank you. If you've got questions about what it's like to work with a fiduciary and want to explore that further, as well as the other things we've talked about on the show so far, again, feel free to reach out. 888-885-PLAN is the number to call. 888-885-PLAN. Or you can go to insightfolios.com and get in touch through the website. All right. Last but not least, anybody who starts planning for retirement, and maybe even before then, is going to hear the word risk. And then they may hear the one that I want to focus on today, Kevin, risk aversion. So what does all that mean? And, and, and where does that come up? What do you think that means, Walter? Well, you want to run away from risk. Stay away from yeah. it, right? Yeah. You don't want to
0: take on any risk whatsoever. So let's. I can give you a really good example. Let's say you win the lottery, Walter.
1: All right. Thanks, Kevin. It's been nice talking okay. to you. This will be my <laughs> last show. <laughs> See
0: you later. <laughs> you won $100 million, You invite me down to sit on your poolside, right? There you go. That's right. But you have you have two options when you take when you win a lottery. Do you know what those are?
1: Yeah, like the, the lump sum or annuitized payments or the spread it, amount. Yep,
0: yep. So who's going to take the the, the yearly payment for twenty years or thirty
1: years? Uh, almost nobody takes that one, right? But some some do, correct? Yeah, and right, that's so, because they're, somebody who doesn't want to blow it all at one time, maybe.
0: Yep, they're risk aversion, aren't they? They don't want to put it in the market and watch it disappear. Is, is how they think. So people who are risk aversion don't want to take on any risk. We've talked about that a lot. So if you're that type of person and you've got a lot of cash sitting in the bank, Walter, what do we call that cash over? All these years we've been doing this, what do we call it? What kind of money? L- lazy money. Lazy money, exactly. So that lazy money, and especially today, what's the big problem with cash today, Walter? In- inflation. The inflation. I keep we hitting know it. I'm on, yeah. I'm on track today. You're good. So if you go to the store, I mean, we went to... Um, we went out to a restaurant last Friday and it was $13 for a hamburger and
1: fries. Yeah. Though.
0: And it wasn't that long ago, it was seven, eight bucks.
1: And, and not like a spectacular hamburger, you know what I mean? Like no, a normal no. hamburger being $13.
0: Yeah, if it was spectacular, I wouldn't complain too much. Right. But. Um, so, that risk aversion, we have to factor in inflation, and inflation could eat away. So, in most cases, you know, we sit down and we talk to people, you have to take some risk. It's just a matter of defining how much risk you have to take. And how do we do that? Well, we do that income plan. We're going to come up with a very specific number, and that's the rate of return you have to average on your portfolio going forward um, with withdrawal so you don't run out of money. And that will guide us or guide you into determining how much risk you need to take now you can take more but you certainly you know in order not to run out of money we have to take we have to figure out that number that risk aversion number in this particular case how do we how do we do that it starts by you you sit down you figure out this income plan and we come up with that number everybody's different as we talk about every week so figure that out going into retirement not when you're retired you want to figure that number out before you go into retirement
1: So think about it. Are you risk averse? Is your portfolio set up properly for your level of risk aversion? Is your level of risk aversion even, um, you know, uh, appropriate for your stage of life and for your plan? Just because you feel one way about risk doesn't necessarily mean that you should also – plan exactly that way. There's lots to think about. So if you've got questions and want to dive into that topic or any of the other terms that we've talked about on today's show, reach out to Kevin Ray, get a complimentary review of your financial plan and see the path forward. Call 888-885-PLAN. That's 888-885-7526. Education is at the heart of kevin's plans at uh, his meetings and uh, the design behind all of this Uh, we talk about it here on the show we want you to know a little bit about what's going on in your plan and be educated along the way and so that's part of the process if you have questions again reach out call for a complimentary financial review at 888-885-PLAN that's 888-885-7526 more coming up on today's show this is simply financial with kevin ray It's getting to know you time. Time to get to know Kevin Ray a little bit better on the show today. Kevin, my question for you this week involves uh, a little bit of food, maybe, involved in the answer to this question, perhaps. Well, oh, has to. We talk about it every yeah, week. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> uh, do you prefer to watch a movie in the theater or at home?
0: Ooh. Now, the, well, most of the time, I'm going to say theater, Walter, and, and you hit on the Right on the nose, the food aspect. There's nothing like that big bucket of popcorn full of butter, right?
1: Yeah. I mean, you can have a good bucket of popcorn at home, but it's not the same as getting it's not it truly the there. Yeah.
0: No, no. And then there's something about the big screen. And I, I can remember what, and I'm going to date myself, Dances with Wolves. That was a long time ago. On that big screen with a big bucket of popcorn and there's something about the big screen too and then you know the the surround Dolby sound and the thunder going off and the rattling that just I I, I prefer the theater. Oh yeah. Now saying I haven't went in the last couple of years for obvious reasons. Right um, exactly. But I do enjoy the theater just the ambiance just the surrounding just you know it kind of brings you back to when you were a kid when I was in pink hunting we used to go to White's Theater and you know watch watch the movies as we were kids going up in town. I remember we could take RC bottle caps sometimes and you know purchase some of the movie ticket that it took to get in there and lining around the block here in pink County just good memories from all around from going to the movie theater how about you
1: yeah even um with the the most modern of theaters these days there's still that nostalgia element too um involved with it of the uh, being a kid and going to the movies and being able to kind of relive that a little bit and i agree with you you can't replace that popcorn the smell of it and uh you know, I'm not going to like go buy milk duds typically at the grocery store. It's just like it's one of those things you only buy at the theater, or you know, name your favorite snack like that. That's just it's a movie theater snack. It's the only appropriate place to eat it.
0: Um. <laughs> the milk duds last a while. That's right. <laughs> I
1: will say that. I will say though, uh, it's very nice to be able to pause a movie if you've got to go use the bathroom. And that's the one thing in the movie theater you can't do.
0: <laughs> that's true. That's true. <laughs>
1: so I always I, I, I always hate that when I've really got to go to the bathroom, but I really don't want to miss what's going on in the movie. And it's like, well I can either be uncomfortable and not enjoy the experience or I could miss part of it and you know, but at least be more comfortable. And so you wage you wage that battle and squirm a little bit and go, All right, what, can I make it? Can I not make it? What how much more runtime is in this thing? You know <laughs> So that's a funny dance to uh, to do. So that good, might be a, a check mark in the home category there. Yeah, good memories though. Mm-hmm, definitely. All right, fun to talk talk about that kind of stuff. When we come back, we'll uh, wrap up today's show by answering uh, one of your questions right here on Simply Financial. Stay tuned. No need to complicate it. This is Simply Financial. Getting ready to wrap things up on Simply Financial this week. Walter Storholt alongside Kevin Ray, your financial coach at Insight Folios, serving you throughout the Tri-City area with an office in Pinconning. And if you've got questions for us, you can go to InsightFolios.com and click the Listen button to get in touch. Uh, We have a question to feature on today's show. This one comes to us from Penny. Penny says, I've been retired for about three years, and even though I've been making withdrawals from my IRA, the account balance is actually higher than it was when I first retired. But even seeing this, I still can't shake the fear that I'm going to run out of money eventually. Is this common? That
0: is a really good question, Penny. And it is quite common when I have people come to my office. And there's a couple of reasons for that. The market's been going very good for the last two or three years. And now we're seeing you know, some volatility come about. And you're probably following what's called the 4% rule. Meaning, you know, there's studies been done out there say, if I take 4% of my portfolio, there's a good chance I shouldn't run out of money before I go on to their next life. But what we're finding out when people come to my office, Walter, is that what have they been doing all of the years, you know, to get to retirement with their portfolio? What's been the mindset?
1: Uh, Like, you know, just save as much as you can. Yeah, growth, right? Growth, put it away and try not to touch it. And yeah. So what Penny is feeling, I believe, is that
0: she's seen growth all of these years. Now she's worried if the market pulls back 20, 30%, and I'm still pulling out 4%, am I going to run out of money? and you may, you may not penny. So the answer to this question is, you need to have a solid income plan, and I know I say this every week, but you need an income plan where your investments are gonna generate income in, the, in such a manner that it doesn't matter what the market's going to do. Either it's you know it's going to produce income through up or down mark, markets, sideway markets. And so you can see it and you understand it. And I think, Penny, for most people that come in my door, they're just guessing that growth is going to work for them. And they, they don't have the confidence that you don't have. If you're looking for confidence, you need that plan to guide you to and through retirement and for you to understand how investments are going to generate the income through ups and down markets and sideway markets as we talk about it every week so give me a call I'd be happy to sit down with you go through that process it doesn't take that long it's about an hour and we'll start that process and I will show you how we in our office we take your investments and we turn it into income so that when the market does go down because it's going to go down many times over the next 10 20 30 years that we're not relying on growth to replenish what we're spending. So give us a call, Penny. I'd be happy to sit down and go through that process with you.
1: That's so all you have to do is pick up the phone, take that action to put one foot in front of the other, make that first step to setting up a conversation with Kevin Ray at Insight Folios. 888-885-PLAN is your number. That's 888-885-7526. He is your financial coach serving you throughout the Tri-City area with an office right there in Pinconning. 888-885-PLAN. Call that number right now and tap into those three-plus decades of experience that Kevin has in this financial planning world. 888-885-PLAN. Well, Kevin, thank you for the great show today. Appreciate your insight, and uh, let's do it again next weekend, shall we? I think it'll be fun. Love it. Thanks, Kevin. We appreciate it, and we will talk to you very soon. Talk to you soon. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next time right back here on Simply Financial. Have a great rest of your weekend.